Welcome to the Dwen podcast on managing your business remotely, where we're going to talk about managing teams, customers, and pipeline. My name is Ingrid Devon, and I'm the global leader of Dwen, the Dell Women's Entrepreneur Network, which connects women entrepreneurs from around the world. I'm delighted to be joined on this podcast by two guest speakers. Dwen member Tamara Littleton, who's the founder of two companies, the Social Element Agency and Pulpeo, and Dwen champion. Mary Moynihan, who's the Senior Vice President of Global Talent Acquisition of Dell Technologies. So welcome, Mary and Tamara, and I'd like to invite you both to introduce yourselves. So Tamara, would you like to start? Uh, yes, of course, and thank you very much for having me. Uh, so yes, as you mentioned, the, the, the social element, I've actually been running that for 18 years, and we started with a remote workforce right from the beginning in 2002. Uh, so it's sort of 300 people mainly working remotely and then there were about 20 of us in the office um, and also uh, when I co-founded Polpio which is a crisis simulation platform obviously it's about preparing uh, brands for a crisis so you would have thought that I would be perhaps in, in a reasonable position but it's worth noting that it's completely different um, when you're right in the, the eye of the storm um, with uh, coronavirus and working remotely does feel incredibly different right now, but um, I'm hoping that perhaps some of the tips that I've built up over the years will be uh, helpful. Thanks, Tamara. Mary? Hi, Ingrid. I'm delighted to join you here. So, yes, I head up a, a team of recruiters and talent acquisition specialists for Dell, and we do all of the hiring globally for the company. So we hire about 20,000 employees on an annual basis. Um, I have a team of about 500 people and, and they're spread right around the world, really. So I actually only have one direct report that, that's based in Ireland. That's where I'm based. But everyone else is spread across the US, Latin America and Asia. And look, about, you know, if I look at my direct report team, half of them work from home full time and the other do it, you know, some of the time. And then about a third of my larger kind of 500 person team work from home on a full time basis. So that's kind of my, I suppose, experience of this topic. Thanks, Mary. So I'd like to start the discussion this morning by looking at how you manage teams remotely. And my first question is for you, Mary. I'd like to ask you about some of the myths around remote working, what it is and what it's not. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, I suppose the biggest myth, you know, quite frankly, is that people are not really working. That's the kind of perception to some extent, or at least was the perception and um, that, you know, people are swanning around in their pajamas, that they're sort of multitasking, they're minding kids, etc. And I mean, I suppose one of the only upsides that I can see of this current environment is I think it'll kind of change the, that tone around home working because it's a business driven initiative now rather than a personally driven initiative. And, you know, just to tell you a little story about how we started this whole thing in Dell, actually it goes back to the last global crisis, which was the financial crisis back in kind of 2008, 2009. And, you know, up until then, I would say remote and home working was considered a benefit. Um, and those who were participating in were often, you know, slagged about the fact that, you know, you're another half day, you know, are you out of your PJs yet? 
Um, but we decided to use it at that time as an OPEX lever um, and a way to cut our expensive real estate. And we, we really pushed for people to opt into the program. And as a result, um, a lot of people did. Um, and we now have more than 50% of our workforce who either work part-time or full-time remotely. And it has utterly changed the tone around us because now it's a business initiative. And really, like nobody even asks you, honestly, where you are anymore. I mean, they just kind of get down to business. So I think we'll see some of that happening as a result of this current crisis, too, which is which is a good thing. That's great. It's a really good perspective, Mary. And Tamara, many companies and teams, you know, they're having to adapt to new work environments and new styles in a very short space of time like suddenly having to work remotely. Love to get your thoughts on on how can you help your team to adapt to this new work environment? Yeah, of course. And and I think maybe picking up from what uh, Mary was saying, that a lot of it as a a leader is about trusting that people are doing their best. Um, Perhaps just kind of focus on output, but also just be aware that right now output is going to be a, a bit lower or that, you know, it's just a bit harder because, you know, when I've sort of spoken at conferences before about uh, remote working, a lot of the advice is about your environment and making sure that you have a sort of a, a quiet space that is definitely feels like the, you know, the home office. And there's always been great advice about how to sort of almost build in the commute so that you can perhaps go for a little walk before you start. And then there's a sort of nice, you know, zen, calmful place. Now, people listening to this will sort of be thinking, well, that's just not my experience right now. So again, I think there's the sort of leadership needs to understand that A, just trust that everyone is trying to do their best. And perhaps build in a bit more flexibility than you would do normally because people are having to juggle their uh, home space with, um, you know, their children at home sometimes. There there might be more people in the household trying to uh, work or run a business or, or whatever they're doing. But I would still say if it's possible to find a place that is easier and calmer to work where you can still do video calls, for example, and maybe share that space um, so that you schedule so you do get some time in that kind of oasis and as leaders I think just being more flexible with the schedule so just understanding that some people might have to be uh, working in the morning and then juggling things at home and then working again later in the evening in order to have access Uh, so yeah I think really being just trusting people being more output focused but just trying to um, reduce workload a bit. That's great, Tamara. Thanks. And you know, around that theme of, of, of managing your teams, Mary, any thoughts on how you manage your team inclusively? Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, look, I think it, it starts, I suppose, in my mind with kind of understanding what we as humans need. Um, you know, we're communal animals. We, at our core, we sort of need to feel connected, we need a sense of belonging. And, you know, when you think about a remote environment, it's trying to, I suppose, create that in a remote environment. So if you look at the office, I mean, you would typically, you know, chat with people at the coffee machine, you might go for lunch with people, you'd often kind of start meetings with, you know, pleasantries. Um, And that's, all that sense of belonging in a way, um, but you've got to kind of create that in a remote environment. So 
some of the things I personally do, I mean, I have a bit of banter at the beginning of a meeting, have a bit of fun, you know, jokey kind of environment. I would say then video is a complete essential. It's really a game changer in this space. If you can have that visual connection, it makes a huge difference. The other thing I, I do a lot is I find myself relying a lot on instant messenger, on chat, on those kinds of things, very quick video calls instead of email. Um, no, I still use email, obviously. But, you know, I, what happens with things in writing, they, they just are come across as more negative. Whereas if you can do more of that kind of chat, I am call thing, it works much better. And then I think, you know, you also have to have much more regularly structured touch points um, as a way of making people feel connected. Weekly one-to-ones, you know, regular staff meetings, all those sorts of things. They're even more important in a remote. And, and lastly, I would say, you know, when you are in meetings, one of the things I'm very aware of is making space for people to speak. So actually calling on people. If we're debating something asking so what do you think you know Sabneet what do you think Jim those are um, otherwise what you'll find is only the extroverts will talk so you really need to make space for people so there are some of the things I mean a lot of people right now are doing things like virtual coffees just set up a time no set agenda people come with their coffee and it's much more relaxed kind of environment I think that's another great way I'm personally not doing that yet but I think it's a it's a cool idea and a lot of people are doing it. Yeah, um, we're actually doing some of those virtual coffees with some of our members or Duan members as well. Mary, you mentioned some of the tools there, um, you know, like using video. Tamara, what type of tech tools are you finding are most effective? Yes, I'm, I'm with Mary on the, um, the video conferencing. I, I seem to be permanently on Zoom at the moment uh, with, with teams and uh, externally with uh, clients and, and people as well. But we also use Google a lot, all the Google Docs and uh, pages. Google Hangouts is really good in terms of an alternative to Zoom, but also they've got a great chat functionality. So for just quick chat, particularly for teams um, and particularly for our teams where there are different time zones. So obviously all jumping on a video call is not always possible, but at least seeing what's happened overnight with a, uh, a group project or something. So chat is great for that. And there's also um, a tool that we've been using for probably about six months now called uh, monday.com, which I absolutely love because you can use it on your phone and use it on uh, your, your laptop and desktop. But, um, it's more of a kind of project management tool and for task management is very visual and you can add comments. And I know that some people have used Slack, but I find monday.com particularly good. It's very satisfying that you can actually mark things as done and it's very visual. So that's been great for group collaboration. We're experimenting with something called Remo, which is a bit of a, a one-up from Zoom in that it's more like a conference software where you can go and pick which table you want to sit at in a virtual environment and then you pop up with a sort of video calls. So it's great if you were doing some networking. So we're experimenting with that um, generally for sort of biz dev, but that, that's quite interesting. And um, I think just going back to the videos and picking up again on the inclusivity, it's so great to combat isolation and keep morale high. I just want to echo what Marie was saying, that not everyone wants to appear on video. Uh, maybe time zones, maybe they've literally just 
done some exercise at home and they don't want to jump on the call or they've got kids hanging off their laps or something. So um, I think we're, we're just very much removing our judgments and I'm just grateful that people are uh, engaging. So I used to be one of those people who was a real stickler for you are fully looking professional on camera, be mindful of your background. I've softened so much because we've got all sorts of things going on. We've got like kids, cats walking across the video. And you know what? It's actually been wonderful for showing that sort of more vulnerable side. And that's the same with clients. It's not internal. And I just think it connects people in these sort of slightly strange times. So yeah, I would just say maybe remove judgment about video calls. That's a great point, Tamara. Mary, obviously, now we're having to give receive back and we're having to make people accountable. Um, Any tips on how you do that? Yeah, I mean, I suppose the basis really when you think of accountability is setting clear expectations and, you know, very much focusing on the outcomes that you're actually looking for. But one of the things I find in in managing a remote team is I, I find you actually have to give people more input and freedom over kind of how they'll achieve those outcomes because you need people to be more self-motivated in a remote environment than if they're kind of under your nose in an office setting. I think the other thing I find that's useful is kind of regularly reviewing progress on smaller milestones, you know, because and then giving lots of praise that these have been achieved or actually even when they haven't been achieved, it's sort of less overwhelming. It's easier to fix if it's a smaller milestone. So I think that can help with the accountability and with people feeling they're actually making progress. The other thing I find useful is making sure people feel a sort of sense of responsibility to a team. So it's not just about, you know, have I delivered, but have I delivered for my team and having a kind of a 360 feedback loop um, where people can give feedback on each other in a in a sort of a more formal way say at the end of a project not just at the end of a year so I think that way people almost like keep the pressure on each other if you like and I I, that's a good way I think of of managing accountability but I, I would say I think it's important sort of feeding off something Tamara said there about we have to kind of, particularly now, I think we've got to avoid the temptation to kind of worry too much about clock watching and why was the person not there, you know, when I, I am them or why are they not showing, you know, live on the system? Because people are working in different ways now, you know, and they're having to juggle a lot of things. So focusing on the outcomes at the moment is even more important than ever, I would say. That's a Really strong point, Mary. And I think it brings us to how we communicate with people. And Tamara, I'd like to ask you about that communicating effectively with the remote team. And do you think you can over communicate? I don't think there's such thing as over communication when you're working remotely. Uh, What I would say is be careful on over relying on emails. And that's just generally, I think it it becomes the fastest way to overwhelm people with their inbox full of uh, emails. So video comms are definitely important to be able to have meetings and then obviously documenting decisions and actions. And again, we use things like monday.com, we use Google documents, etc. And I think that can allow everyone to have the more sort of thoughtful meetings, keep everything documented, keep everything focused and rely on outcomes etc so whether it's monday.com whether it's slack i mean people have their own systems but i think if you just keep sort of batting back emails that can become 
quite stressful and not very useful. What we're also doing, I think it comes back to the, the communication is so crucial, particularly around group communication, um, probably more so at the moment. And I'm sure when things do calm down and this all becomes the new normal for everybody o- over the months that um, this this will change. But we're finding at the social element that it's very useful. I'm doing a regular 5 p.m. Corona briefing, which is just to sort of reassure people what's going on and update on, on company, uh, you know, uh, projects, etc. But it's also turned into just quite a nice chat where people turn up on video and we're just discussing what's going on. And, and what's lovely about the social element is because there are people from different countries, we've been able to share tips and advice on how to stay uh, mentally well while you're at home, shall I say. So that's been a really kind of lovely touch. And before all of this started, we actually did monthly town halls by video webinar, which we will go back to doing. And these are great because we tend to have the exec team on video and it's a webinar so people can then ask questions all the way through. And then we answer the questions live on air. Um, So it's a bit like doing a a broadcast. I I do recommend that as an approach. But when we're trying to sort of get information out, and, and I'm sure that everyone can appreciate that at the moment, it's all about focus on internal comms and getting the right messages out uh, to the team. And there's no such thing as over communication. And I thought that anyway, before all of this, but you have to sort of repeat yourself on various channels. So email, uh, video newsletters, these town halls, for example, and in the online chat rooms, which um, sometimes more like sort of group team areas that people focus on. So you can signpost people to the latest update for example it feels weird um having done this for years there are times where I sort of think but I'm sure you know I'm just repeating myself surely people are fed up with me saying this but people do miss things because they're just busy and focused in different areas so I really recommend using different channels and repeating yourself thanks Tamara there's some really good tips to, to how we cope at this time um I'd like to change the, the focus of the conversation now from managing your teams to to managing your customers, because obviously that's absolutely crucial. And Tamara, obviously you've got two companies and a lot of customers. What tips have you got for staying in touch remotely with your customers? Yes, of course. So I think we touched on the idea of virtual coffees. We are doing that. And it's great to to stay in contact with customers. I think what it's just adapting to what people need. So while people are kind of, while customers are quite stressed, offering help, and thought leadership and just ideas of what we could do but being very careful not to bombard people so some people don't necessarily want to take time to have a virtual coffee while they're busily dealing with uh, things themselves but putting that offer out there and perhaps offering to say you know we'll, we'll chat in a while but for some of my customers that has been to a certain extent business as usual but with added stress And for some of them, because I work across different industries, so retail travel, obviously differently affected. And then things like um, uh, working with companies that do some chocolates and biscuits and, um, you know, fast moving consumer goods. So lots of different industries are being affected differently. So I think we've been really keeping an eye on how different industries are affected so that we're not bombarding our customers with too much noise. But the account teams have stayed doing exactly what they do and have been brilliant at delivering what they need. So a lot of it has been sticking to emails, occasional calls and videos, 
and then offers of support. Tamara, obviously, we're all trying to, you know, maintain business, but we're also looking to the future. And how do we keep the pipeline going? And what are you doing to pitch your business remotely to potential customers? Uh, Yes, that's a really great question, because um, I I am obviously things will change. uh, And I am an eternal optimist. And I'm looking to the future where uh, things will change again. But right now, we're being incredibly sensitive to, um, you know, to potential clients. We're we're not going in and sort of bothering them or doing any outreach. Um, At the moment, what we're doing is focusing on thought leadership, sharing advice, um, sharing ideas of how uh, brands should be marketing in these times or perhaps focusing on their communications. So we're we're sharing lots of advice um, and but there, there is potential to meet someone. I, mean, I actually did have a sales pitch this week and they were very grateful for the time and we did it by video and we sort of took down the, the brief and it's something that's going to be starting later in the year. But, uh, you know, it was a great um, meeting on video. I mean, and we have one business on video before, so it, you can adapt. And then I would recommend perhaps just taking the time to have perhaps some of these um virtual coffee meetings. I've already been having meetings with industry peers as well. That's a great way to stay connected and to perhaps keep that pipeline moving. So I had a dinner and drinks event last Thursday that was lots of uh, chief marketing officers of big brands. And it was great. And people were just talking and sharing what's going on. It wasn't about selling. I mean, there's just a lot of people wanting to connect. So it is possible to keep connected to potential clients and just I'd recommend staying close to people in your industry as well because we are all in this together so I'm doing a lot of whatsapp groups and uh, staying close to people that way too. Thanks Tamara. Tamara you mentioned earlier about kind of the new normal for us and how we do things and, and life and business and a lot of the things we're seeing is that people are pivoting their business they're adapting their business to this new normal have you had to pivot your business in any way well it's going to be a bit strange but we've had to pivot our business to help people pivot their businesses (laughs) so we have really doubled down on our strategy offering we've always had um, a real focus at the social element on uh, strategy everything starts with a sort of consultancy first approach and then often we would help uh, our clients with their engagement on social media, so talking back to consumers on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Um, and then we might create some great creative work for them and uh, and then do insights on what is everyone saying and what, what do people feel about the brand. So a lot of those things are still incredibly relevant. Uh, so there's been a big uptick of people wanting our help with getting the tone of voice right on their comms, just dealing with the absolute surge of comments on social media but trying to help brands and clients pivot themselves has meant a more of approach to workshops and time with our strategists there are some areas that have taken a bit of a hit i mean lots of people will have seen that the creative industry has had to change because of not being able to go into studios with actors and and directors and film crews etc but we're looking at ways of doing that remotely with um, direction being done remotely and looking at more sort of 3D animation, for example. So we're, we're keeping agile and we're trying to adjust. But I think that's, that's just the case for everyone. I think it's a, you have to adapt 
And in some ways, I don't know if this is the entrepreneur in me, but I'm relishing the opportunity to adapt the way that we do things. And on the Polpio side, that was very much geared towards uh, delivery of workshops. And, and of course, we can deliver those using Zoom or, or Microsoft Teams or anything. So that is kind of continuing on. It's a very much time for creative thinking, um, which I think there's with restrictions comes great creativity. I think that's a that's a great perspective, Tamara, being agile, being able to adapt and being creative. Very positive. So I'd like to finish off this podcast about talking about how you recruit remotely, because we also know that if you're pivoting your business, you may have to hire new skills, partners and suppliers, or just to keep your business going, you need to be engaging with new talent. Mary, have you got any tips for recruiting remotely? And how do you judge things like body language and some of those nonverbal cues that would normally be part of the decision making process? Yeah, look, I mean, I think the key is trying to, again, mirror as much as you can, you know, what you do in a face to face environment. So video, in my mind, is pretty essential in recruiting remotely. I mean, it's exceedingly difficult to make good hiring decisions if you actually can't see people. So, you know, video is a great way to enhance that. I mean, you can at least see person's body language um, and it very much enhances the process. I think the other thing is making sure you start kind of the engagement or the interview, for want of a better word, in an informal kind of way. So you have the pleasantries, you make people feel at ease, you know, you you tell them what to expect because I think people are more nervous of doing interviews in a video kind of setting than they would be to walk into a room. So you have to put an extra effort into making them feel comfortable. And then I think the last point I would say is, you know, you do need to kind of dress in a similar fashion as you would for a face-to-face interview, because again, that's what people expect. You know, they expect that you're not going to turn up with the baseball cap and, you know, because they've obviously not turned up looking like that. So again, it's just those kind of respect issues and trying to make people feel comfortable, I think is the key really. That's great, Mary. So I'd like to finish up the podcast by asking both of you for your tips on how you manage the challenge of isolation when you're working remotely. That's a term we're talking about a lot at the moment. How do you replace the water cooler or the coffee chats? Tamara? Yes, I'm happy to to start on that. It's something that I've always been very focused on because even, I'd say obviously it's even more of an issue because people can't leave their houses as well. So it's not just a case of working at home and feeling a bit isolated. It's extreme isolation for some. So my, uh, I'm so blessed to have an amazing chief people officer called Wendy Christie, who is working with the um, the HR team and they've been doing various different social things. So we have our briefings, but we we have someone in America who's doing yoga classes for people to join in with. Uh, we have quiz nights. I'm still determined to do a karaoke night because um, I, I love a bit of karaoke and um, you can combine it with Lucky Voice and Zoom. And so, so I mean, we're trying to not, uh, we're just trying to sort of create a little bit of morale boosting activities to keep people connected and make sure that they know that there's still, you know, there are people out there. So we do rely on video, we do rely on chat, but perhaps try some different things and let your teams say what they would like. Not everyone is an extrovert and wants to do 
uh, karaoke, but there are great things like some um, drawing tools uh, where you can just uh, do competitive drawing. So I realise that might not necessarily be what you were expecting, but it seems to be working for us of just keeping people feeling less isolated and more connected. Thanks, Tamara. Mary, any final thoughts from you? No, they're, look, they're fantastic examples, Tamara, uh, of your creativity in these times. And, you know, I mean, the only thing I'd leave people with is even apart from this current environment, which is obviously really weird, but um, in normal kind of remote working, I would say just think about making sure you're creating a fun and kind of informal environment remotely, you know, because then I think people are going to be more open, more creative and, you know, they'll just do better work if they feel comfortable and relaxed. So you just have to think about what is the best way to create that sense of relaxation, if you like, in a remote environment. And I think a lot of it comes down to trust um, and also to the leader kind of absolutely, you know, taking the lead on displaying a sense of fun and development and, you know, just general informality. I think that's that's my my experience and it's it's worked really well for us today. That's great, Mary. So I want to thank you both so much for sharing all your learnings and knowledge and and great tips on how to, you know, have fun and stay connected, which is absolutely crucial at, all, at this time. And I want to wish all our Dwen members all the best and we hope you all stay safe and well and as positive as can be at this time. Take care.